Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 259. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. We are at the palatial grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee, overlooking the grounds of the estate here on a fantastic Thursday afternoon. And, uh, dude, this is just a weird day, man. I, I We've been doing this thing for damn near five years straight. Yeah. And the MMA world is up and down, and it's, you know, it's things happen and whatever. And, I mean, we've been in all kinds of situations. We've been on the road. One of us has been sick. The other's been sick. Uh, we've forgotten to press record to tape the episode, <laughs> as I saw you checking the light there. You know, uh, it's good to double check. Things do happen. Things do happen. But, uh, man, this is just a weird feeling, man. I, I don't know that I've ever. It's because it's, it's raining outside, right? To, to, is that an omen? To, that is, yeah, that, that, I was going to get to it. It's the rain is what feels so weird right now. <laughs> There's nothing else going on. It's just that it's raining, folks. Yeah, it's no, just raining. It is a light sprinkle, I should say. <laughs> the, uh, the, I mean, it's good for the, the, the palatial grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee yes, are getting the, the hydration the, that is necessary. The weeds are super happy right keep now. keep the lush green <laughs> in place. But no, man, it's just it's just a weird feeling. I mean, look, you and I, man, we're okay. This podcast is obviously very MMA centered. I mean, of course, we we bring in a few things about our, our personal lives here and there, but it's about MMA, and for the most part, pretty lighthearted. I think you know we Joshua Fabian may not think we're very funny, but I think we're pretty funny <laughs> for the most part. I try to you know try to keep it you light. Get a text now for that. I'm, I'm sorry, Josh. If he's still listening, I'm, uh, hopefully he's hopefully he's subscribed. Make sure, by the way. Well, actually, I don't want him to leave <laughs> any feedback, but. Uh, no, I, I. So we we try to keep it pretty light, but this is a weird feeling, man. Because I mean, it's real world stuff that's really affecting everything. This coronavirus stuff, um, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit over the last couple of weeks. So like, hey, just be aware, this is going to affect our community a little bit. But I don't think any of us had any concept how much it was really going to affect us. And um, I'll be honest, man. I mean, you know. <coughs> Dana White right now is getting a a huge amount of backlash for that oh. that interview that he did with Aaron Bronstetter, um, Aaron Bronstetter of TSN Canada. He's got it posted if you haven't seen it. The quote where, you know, Dana says, you know, I don't I don't give a shit about coronavirus. Now I will say this, if you just take it in a written form or just that little part, it looks I think worse than it was. I mean, Dana yeah. did say, hey, look, we're monitoring this, we care about this. Even he alluded to the fact. That Habib and Tony might get impacted. He was like, "Oh man, with all the history, can you imagine? Oh my God, I don't want to think about it." But I got to be honest with you, and, I, and I'm not trying to defend Dana White here, especially because as we sit here on Thursday evening after business hours, we still have nothing from the UFC, which is yeah. frustrating as hell. Because every other sporting organization on the planet yeah. has gotten out ahead of this thing. I want to say, like. On the one hand, yeah. At this point, you're you're behind the ball. You're way behind the ball. Yeah. But I want to say, like, on the one hand, I do understand because I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, five days ago, when we were in the midst of UFC 248 Fight Week, I honestly felt like, man, doesn't it seem like people are making a big deal out of this? Like, yep. it's not really that big of a deal, right? Yep. I mean, it's a, you know, I mean, it's. It's it's a sickness, and we and we hate to hear about sickness, but come on, man, people are making too big of a deal out of this. And now, as the as you know, things have developed. I mean, certainly the NBA canceling the season that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, College games. And uh, then, yeah, and then obviously March everything. Madness. Then the landslide March came what? after that. Yeah. yeah, it's just gone. I I don't know. So on the one hand, I want to defend 
Dana White in terms of just attacking him based on that interview? Because I'll be honest with you, last week I think I thought the same. I was like, come on, man, this is not that big of a deal. Everything is going to be fine. Hell, I was booking travel this week, Monday and Tuesday of this week. I was yeah. booking travel for April because USA Today approved our April uh, travel plans. I was I was booking flights for me and you on some on some different events. Yep. So I obviously w- was not that concerned. I knew that hey, we'll probably have to be careful. We'll want to make sure we take precautions as we travel. But I wasn't that concerned. And now you can see the whole world is concerned. And now I mean, we're talking about is my kid going to go to school? Yeah. What, you know what I mean? It's it's serious. So I want to defend Dana White on that one. I think that's the wrong place to attack if you want to attack. But I will say, I've been here at the Casa de Cool Coffee for about three hours now, hanging out, waiting to start the podcast because we wanted to wait until we had a statement, until we knew exactly what was going on. And the, and the USC just continues to not say anything, yep. to not say anything, yep. to not say anything. And it's it's getting a little bit ridiculous. When every, the, 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 the damn XFL, which a, a ain't even really an organization, they have – they okay, I'm sorry. Shame on you. They Football's not over yet. <laughs> they have made statements. Man, uh, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm just – I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole thing, man. I really am. I, I don't know if people yeah. are overreacting if they're not. But I want to know what the hell the UFC plans to do. Yeah, it's a little crazy because I, I think it's one thing to be positive – and hope for the best, and and to shine a light and say, hey, folks, we're going to keep moving forward. Things aren't that bad. Things aren't that bad. But once you start seeing all the organizations, once you start hearing schools closings, uh, and all these things start to happen, at some point you got to just try to realize that, hey, you know, what is what is really going on? Maybe something is better. You know, that we have to push towards something. And it seems like in Dana's mind, he has bought hook, line, and sinker. To what the the commander in chief is saying, and and that things aren't that bad. Let's just keep going, you know. Um, and at some point, you have to, I guess, just decide what is the lasting. Because this is almost a this is like a legacy thing for the organization, you know. Oh, what what did the UFC do when that moment came? Did they choose to, uh, you know, hope that they're doing the right things to protect their fighters, which without the fighters and their health, they have nothing to promote. They have staff that travels all around the world to these events they need to think about. Mm -hmm. And at some point, they have to make the decision. Like, we're getting emails constantly from our employers. They're even sort of mandating that if you can't, if you can work from home, work from home. That's right. You know, I mean, so if we're getting it, you would think that an organization that's all about um, putting on entertainment and what's good and bringing these things would think about at some point. What's the best for our viewers? What's the best for our, our 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 fighters? What's the best for our staff? And it seems like those conversations aren't happening still at this level. And for a company that's such a big place, and especially when you're seeing it coming out from the NBA, you're you're seeing it coming out from like the NFL, all these other organizations, soccer, you know, like soccer is like this, this name stay. And when I say soccer, I mean the U S version of it, but like the football, when you're seeing like these, all these European things that's happening all over, you would think that they would look and say, okay, let's follow the trend. Let's, let's get ahead of this instead of run from behind. I, I and see, and that's why I said the NBA was a tipping point for me. Yeah. Right. Because I, again, I will still be honest with you. 
I still don't know if maybe we're overreacting to this. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. is – It. I mean, it – But it is getting to the point, too, where now people that we know are starting to know people. Right. I think that was the thing, too, before, you know, and I've seen people say, well, do you know anybody that's been affected? Do you know anybody that knows anybody? And for the longest time, it was no. But now people that we know are starting to know people that are being that's affected right. by it. And at this point, it's like, okay, it's not the boogeyman that, you know, some some – ghost story that you're hearing like it's really no, it's starting real. to it's starting to get real and in the states the numbers are growing and when you hear about what's happening in other countries like italy and all this other stuff you just feel horrible well and that and so that's where so in the beginning i think i had again last week i think i had that opinion of well hold on and and, and i think this is the argument that some people still have right hey man this is basically a version of the flu and more people die yeah. of the flu every year and yeah. and and those things and, and I heard those things and I thought yeah you know what that does make some sense maybe we're getting a little too worried you know this is not something like we're where, quick to buy into the hype train right like this is not some some disease where as soon as you get it like it's guaranteed death you know what I mean this is not cancer so maybe we're freaking out a little bit but then as you said now time has worn on and I guess probably cuz you know, we don't get a lot of news out of China. You know, we, yeah. don't, we don't get a lot of, like, real... Now, I think Italy seems to be the epicenter to the Western world where we're hearing these horror stories yeah. of, like, you know, hospitals that are overrun and they, and they don't have enough, yeah. you know, uh, equipment and stuff to care for it. So, um, it seems like all these steps are very, very major. And it's weird. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say it, it, it's like a movie. And it does feel like a movie. Like, even as I was driving over here today, I was just like... Like a bad start to one of those zombie apocalypse. Yeah, movies. man. Like I'm almost. It's it's almost weird. Like you're almost scared to be outside. Like should I even be outside? Yeah. And then you start looking at everybody else's outside. Like why are you outside? What are you doing? Yeah. And it does see. It's 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 it. It messes with your mind, man. It really does. And and when you're starting to see like at stores supplies here in Vegas starting to oh. get sold out, that's when it's it's. You start to really feel like, is it hysteria? Is this is this smart? Should I be doing this? Bro, on, I, I posted a picture on, on our Patreon.com page of, of me stopping by CVS to pick up a few frosty beverages. Yes, yeah, good move. Uh, good yes, move. all the water was gone. I wasn't shocked to see that because I, I've, I've seen that already. I was at the grocery store the other day just buying some groceries and noticed there was only a little bit of water left. Most of it was gone. Yep. But I'll tell you what was crazy. I was, ch- I was standing at the front door checking out. And as I was standing, a guy walked in, like, almost frantic. He's like, do you guys sell water? Do you sell water? No shit. And the lady was like, we do? Um, she's like, I think we've got a couple cold bottles back in the back. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, the, the big sizes. Do you have the big sizes? And she was like, we're all sold out, which I, I had taken that picture showing, you know, they were all sold. And the yeah. dude literally, like, didn't even say, like, thanks or understand. or what. He literally just darted out. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he was, was in, like, a, a frantic supply to go buy more water, man. It was like... I don't know, man. Yeah. It was crazy. And we talked a little bit about this. Uh, there's a lot of, and part of this is prefaced with the fact that there's a lot of people in Vegas that never drank tap water. They're completely <laughs> of the mind that they think our water is radioactive. Our water out here is very high in minerals and uh, uh, other sort hard of things. Hard water, like, I believe they call it. Hard water. Like if you, so I have a, a glass. Uh, every once in a while, I'll leave like a glass in uh, my bedroom. So like when I take my pills at night, or when you just rinse your mouth out of after you're brushing your teeth or whatever. And if you or don't, or you wake up hungover in the middle of the night and you, you just really need some that. water. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't change out the glass every once in a while and wash it, you'll start to see like mineral deposit oh, yeah. on the bottom. Yep. So I can see where some people are like, I don't want to drink that, you know. But it's you know supposedly it's fine. It's whatever. So like. 
I'm not worried about not having water. So, it, but it's so it's kind of funny to me when I see people that are like, "Oh my God, we must stockpile these bottles of water." It's like, bro, you can walk over to your tap and turn it on, right. or at least get a filter. And you know what? I I I I I will kind of give people a pass on the on the water because <laughs> you've never drank tap water in Vegas. Well, it, well, you're like I've been here 12 years. I've never drank from the faucet. Well, my wife being born and raised in Mexico, like it's just in yeah. her head that you're not allowed to drink tap yeah, water. Yeah. Like, so, well, that's a legit. No, that's con- a legit. That's thing. a legit concern. There. All right, so <laughs> so I'll give people a pass on the water, but what about the toilet paper? Yeah. This disease does not make you poop more. What's going on with that? Why does everybody feel there's I'm, not going to be toilet paper available? Which I do feel lucky that I did happen to, uh, when my mom was recently out, we went to Costco, so I upped. So I'm like, oh, pff, yeah, people and toilet paper. That's so funny. But it's the first thing for some reason. <laughs> I think it's ingrained in our heads uh, when there is a some sort of uh, a shortage or some sort of a you must stay home. That you paper. must Toilet paper is... Probably the first thing that people think about. All right, so let's talk about this in effect to our sport, right? Because here's the thing that happened. So I told you the NBA thing was was a big moment to me just because I realized, hold on, if a major sports league that is having, you know, that obviously is going to lose so much revenue because, yeah. I mean, that to me and, and – and, you know, behind the scenes, I know you weren't around all fight week last week in Vegas because obviously you're still recovering from surgery. Oh, I was so, around. I was just chilling. Yeah, at home. but you were at home. I'm saying you yeah. weren't in the middle of everything. You know, a lot of us were having discussions on the ground because the coronavirus thing was starting to make its yeah. way, and a lot of us were were talking. Uh, you know, hey man, maybe they, they end up moving events to the apex, which it does sound very much like. And, and the announcement may come out while we're sitting here recording this. It does sound very much like the Portland show is going to take uh, place at the apex. The Columbus show is going to take place at the apex. Sad, um, sad you know. Place. It does sound like the Brasilia show is going to happen behind closed doors, and they're not even going to allow media in there. Um, so I don't know yeah. if these Apex shows, if they're going to allow media or not. We'll find out. Um, but my whole thing was, you know, because everybody really cares about 249, you know, what's going to happen with Habib and Tony Ferguson. Obviously, we were making jokes that, like, dude, if this fight falls apart again and it's because of a global <laughs> pandemic, like, now we know the MMA gods just don't want this fight to yeah. happen. So, it's a, you know, oh, we're trying to be funny again. Whatever happens, there's going to be, like, just a, a crack in the earth opens That's up what's and it. If they try to re- are yeah, going to come out. If they out. try to rebook it again, like, epic floods, like, you know, it's just going to be thing after thing. So, you know, we're kind of making jokes and cracking jokes about it. And my whole thing was, listen, I know that USC does not want to walk away from – you know, that $10 million live gate that they've got set up in Brooklyn. You know, that show is sold out. We know what they charge for tickets in New York. They don't want to walk away from that. So I thought, man, they're going to find a way to make that happen. But I'll tell you what, man. Last night I was I was at my kids' jiu-jitsu practice, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching that practice. And, you know, you talk about this whole social distancing thing. And, I mean, there is nothing less social distancing than grappling, you know what I mean, in, in mixed martial arts practice. Yeah. And, and, that, and, that, and that's, I think that's when it just immediately dawned on me. I was like, holy shit. Like, the problem is not just, you know, fight week and is it happening behind closed doors and all that. I mean, you know, I, I sent out a tweet last night as I was, as I was sitting around thinking about this thing of, uh, you know, basically saying, hey, listen, the MMA community is relatively small and incredibly connected. We all probably need to maintain open dialogue because I assume most of us want the sport to continue. But workout rooms might be an issue. Media session formats could, could be discussed. Open minds and real talk is, is needed now. That's what I sent out in my tweet. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, how can we get through fight week and make fight week happen but still minimizing contact. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I grew up in the restaurant business. I've always talked about that. I understand the importance of sanitation and how cross-contamination happens and all those things. So I get it. So how can we get through fight week making sure that we minimize our points of contact as, as much as possible? And that was in my head. But 
man, it made me realize, dude, just the preparation. I mean, you know, MMA gyms, I don't, I'm assuming most people listening to this podcast probably know this, but MMA gyms are not necessarily always the cleanest environments. Yeah. And, and everybody does their best to sanitize the mats and all those things. But, man, that during that practice, man, the amount of a lot sweat. That might not blood, happen until the end of the night. That's it. You know, you so know if you I mean? come work out during the day, you know, it hasn't been sanitized. You know, doesn't mean that they're not going to you know, wash the mats at the end of the night when it's all said and done. But, yeah, there's a lot of moments. And and, and not only that, I mean, just you, you think about, like, fighters, you know, that you're like, hey, look, don't show up if you're potentially sick. Don't show up if you're potentially – they they do it sometimes. I mean, guys show up with, with ringworm or, or, or you yeah. know. So, I mean, well, a lot of the stuff, especially with this, staff. takes it takes days and days to, to present itself. You don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even – and then, and then I'll say, talk about, like, workout. I mean, I, I – it just made me realize, like, man, listen, yeah, we are in this thing for a while, man. Because if if there is, you know, any section of of sport that, man, like I said, social distancing. I mean, you can't yeah. do a, you know, in football, I guess you could do a walkthrough practice, right? Like, hey, let's everybody keep their space, but let's, hey, th- this will be the formation. Soccer, yeah. baseball, basketball. Hey, stay away. You stay over here. But here's kind of what we're thinking. We'll we'll attack this part of the field. MMA. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, there's literally nothing you can do. Everybody just shadow box. Yeah, everybody. That's how we're getting all. We're all shadow. But even then, you don't want them to like walk on the mat together, because <laughs> then uh, yeah. you might. You and might. by the way, let's shadow box with your with your socks on, but throw your socks. I mean, I'm yeah. literally thinking about like like for instance, my son. I I know they're they're, they're going to have to cancel school soon. I mean, they're already canceling schools across the across the country. They have not yes. done it here in Las Vegas yet. But I'm thinking about like training and definitely. Believe me, let me make this clear. Uh, my first priority is not making sure that he trains i think we'll 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 stop for a while until this thing is figured out but but i'm thinking how could we continue on like what would be the safest things you know would would we make sure that everybody sanitizes their hands and feet before they step onto the mat and then they sanitize again afterwards it i don't it's just and then again i go back to the fact are we panicking too much are we worrying too much is this are, are we are we overthinking this and i don't think we are i mean i feel like I, I don't know, man. I just feel like w- the, these steps are necessary. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is I will say this, and this is another reason that I'm surprised the UFC just hasn't said anything yet. I understand there's financial concerns, man. I get it. Like, I totally get it. Endeavor paid a lot of money for this company. They got bills to pay. But at this point, man, it's like – you're almost you. You can't be on the wrong side of this thing. If yeah. everybody in the country is saying, "Look, we're shutting down, dude. Like we're yeah. shutting down sports leagues. We're shutting down schools. Like what good does it? Because here's the weird thing. In a weird, bizarre way, uh, you this could be amazing for like pay per view business, right? If we're all stuck inside yeah. our damn houses and we ain't got nothing to watch. Yeah. But man, you cannot be on the wrong side. Like, is this a risk you want to take? And 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 oh, I just I could keep going on. Yeah, fighters, man, fighters need this thing to happen. Fighters need fights to happen. It's you know these other sports leagues. God bless them. They got guaranteed contracts. So the yeah. fighters, I mean the the players, I should say, True. they're cool. These fighters don't have it. So I, I I feel like the closed door route is the way to go. Like let's make sure these contests can still happen. But 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 I don't know. I I mean this is this is such again. How do the fighters? prepare for it you know and i was i was talking to somebody today um uh, and I'll, I'll i'll leave their name off the record but i thought this was a great idea they were saying listen you know maybe one thing we should consider is during this time um 
you know, let's maybe adjust the weight classes. Like everybody goes up 10 pounds. And I know that's a silly thing to think about, but – so they Do don't want, affect their immune system. So we don't have people cutting weight and affecting their immune system. So maybe every contract that gets signed goes up 10 pounds or whatever during this period of time until we know what's going on. I, I, I just – here's hey, the I mean, thing. I want thought. the sport it's to continue. I want the sport to continue. The fighters need yeah. to get paid. I, I, the UFC is a billion-dollar corporation. I'm not too worried about them. But I do worry about them being on the wrong side of this thing. Like if you're just trying to be bold and brazen and say you don't care – and then it, and then something horrible happens, as you yeah. said, to the staff that's traveling. To the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they need they need oh. to be able to justify it for some for you know to really be able to justify it. I mean, if you're going to go out there and say we think it's safe to go ahead and have this event, it's like, oh, really? Well, why? Where's where's your knowledge and why? I mean, if this organization says it's this, if this organization says this. If you have all these, you know, the World Health Organization saying this is a global pandemic, this is something that we need to be worried about, how are you confident enough to to still go on and do and act like things are normal, like nothing's changed? Because then it's, it just seems to me that, one, it would just prove ignorance. Um, uh, and also, you would think at some point, you know, is there going to be some liability at some point if you put on an event – you say everything's good, and then somebody says, uh, you know, I got sick going to this thing. It's on the promoter. They should have canceled it knowing that there wasn't uh, the right safety mechanisms there to keep me safe while I was there attending their thing. I mean, what are they going to do? Put out signs, make everybody sign a piece of paper when I was they gonna go say, into well, I was, a, was actually just thinking. I was like, you know, do you think that there would be like an amendment to our, our press uh, applications maybe that you do not which hold? Is, which is easy enough when you're there's – Say forty or fifty of us, you right. know, you know, safety. But then you're going to have what, eighteen thousand people, ten thousand people want to attend event. Now you got to have even oh, more, yeah, yeah. even more small no, you, print you, you, on a ticket. You can't you know? have the public in, right? You can't. You, know? you can't. You can't. From a PR perspective, I'm not right. even talking about the health perspective. I'm not talking about the uh, like what I think is scientifically safe. I'm yeah. just saying from a PR standpoint, you absolutely cannot be the person that goes. You know what, man? I know the rest of the world is shutting down. We decided that that you know what it's not that big of a deal and we're okay. If you do that, you talk like you said, you talk about liability. If one person gets sick, one person dies, and it's linked that they they probably got it from attending your event. Right. That is awful because you are st- so that again. That's another reason I don't understand why the USC is taking so long to yeah. say anything. Like I can especially ap- that the places that they're going to, even Ohio, the governor has been on the the news the past couple of days saying like, don't have an event with more than a hundred people. Right. Like Oregon. How can you, Oregon's already said the same thing. Yeah, how can you how can you not possibly come out now at this point? At this point then you're you just you're just you're acting so disconnected if you don't already say something at this point. There's so many moving I'm like I can appreciate the complication of what these people are dealing yeah. with. Like there are so many moving parts to this. I mean, you're talking about yeah. fighters flying from all over the world, uh, you know, just as simple as a thing like venues and staff. I'm going to say we talked about even the venues. Like, I mean, what if they're I mean, it's one thing to be worried about, okay, we can't just immediately cancel this event because is that a breach of contract with this venue? But at least come out and say something and say, this is what we're, it looks like we're working towards. But I guess nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear promoters say, guys, we maybe are canceling this if we can, but we might keep it on if the, if the, well, if the venue isn't going to sue so us. So, perfect example, you know? this is a real life example. Bellator this past weekend, or this, this past weekend. All right. Bellator this weekend. I yeah. promise I'm not infected yet. Bellator this weekend. <laughs> Uh-oh, that uh, means I am. Uh-oh. 
I got to cleanse the, the the expansive grounds. But they they could have gotten away with it, right? Because they are in Connecticut this weekend, but uh, the Mohican Sun Arena is on tribal land, so yeah. they technically don't have to listen to any instructions from the government. And so we were discussing as a staff, well, what does that mean? Because we know that the the casino pays Bellator to be there, so yeah. technically the casino say, hey, listen. We don't have to abide by these rules. And by the way, we're paying you to be here. So guess what? Hold your event. You know what I mean? Yep. And then what happens? So, it, you know, it, thankfully, it looks like all parties involved said, you know, listen, we're going to do the right thing here. Right. And, and, and that's how we're going to handle things. So um, that's a real world example of, of, of how it could have played out where Bellator could have said, nah, sorry, we're still going to have a crowd. But so, again, and this brings me back to my original point, I, and I wish I, I wish I knew I don't know. Again, it, maybe we're panicking a little bit too much. Maybe we're being a little too safe. Now, I hear these horror stories from Italy, and I think I do not want this. And you know, like yeah. we were talking about the symptoms earlier. You know, and uh, you know, even though it's not necessarily you know fatal among a huge portion of the population. I mean, I think one to two percent of infected people dying would mean way too many people. But you know, when I hear this thing about like. You know, it feels like you're 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 drowning while you're you know while you're suffering from these these symptoms and stuff. Like, I sure as hell don't want that. I don't want to put my wife through it. I definitely don't want to put my kid through it. I mean, on the one hand, I I still even right now as we sit down on Thursday night to record, I still feel like are we panicking too much? But that is a, a, a side that I don't want to be on. Like, I feel like erring yeah. on the side of caution is the right thing, and I don't understand why the hell it's taking so long, even with all the moving parts, for the UFC to chime in and say, here's what we're doing. It's a little dumbfounding. I mean, because the only reason you could think of is money, you know, and it doesn't doesn't look good for them. I mean, we all understand, and we all – it's not like we're all of a sudden – Oh man, you know the UFC is out to make a profit. Crazy, right? You know what a <laughs> crazy idea. I mean, we get it, but it's just bizarre that they seem so out of touch. And and I hate to 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 blanketly just say the UFC because I don't believe it's the UFC as a whole. I think it's a few key people. Um, the main one being Dana, who is literally towing the line of our president and saying that this isn't as big of a deal. Business as usual, you know, um, and you just hate to see that because I think it would it would look better um, if they could get ahead of it. But again, I mean, this is a company that promotes people half naked beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> you know, uh, to, should we give them a pass because we understand that what they do is typically on the outside of the norm. So maybe being on the outside of the norm and not rushing to cancel the events is is status quo for them. I mean, there's something. I mean, I mean, there. I mean, as as weird as that sounds, I mean, there is something to be said for right. Like, I mean, this is a sport where you're. I mean, you're literally trying to inflict bodily it's an pain extreme on each other. Sport, it's an extreme you know? sport. So why so are we maybe, that? Are we going to care that much about infection and that sort of thing? And especially when you think about their target market too. Everybody's been saying the coronavirus is, you know, uh, it's mainly affecting the, the the very very young, I think, or the very very old. Right. You know, that is not the UFC's target market. More than likely, there are not uh, too many over 50 attendees going to a live fight. So maybe they're thinking, okay, uh, you know, this isn't going to affect, you know, most of the people go, blah, blah, blah. But people can still be carriers and carry this forward. So they need to protect the people by, you know, even though somebody might come is a is not the, the typical range, they still got to be wary of that, you know, but... Um, 
If we had a flight scheduled to Brazilian tomorrow, would you get on it? Boy, uh, I don't really interact with many Brazilians when I'm there, so it'd probably be okay. What if What if you knew it wasn't being held behind closed doors, but the crowd was going to be there? I always sit in the back anyways. I'm never out so in the crowd. So it wouldn't bother you? I'm always in the back. Look at you. Look at you ducking out of the question. Look at you. Well done, sir. Well I'm done, in the sir. Back. I'm in the back room, well, you know. But here's the weird thing is it like I – It depends. Were they serving for, uh, for dinner? <laughs> You're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. You know, here's the thing is like, I mean, I, I guess we're going to have to think about this soon. I mean, it does sound again. We started thinking about it with Columbus. Like Columbus is being my hometown and the fact that that's coming forward and knowing that it's like, well, should we pull the ticket? I mean, we were having that discussion this morning. I'm going to be honest. If I had to get on a plane tomorrow, I think I'd do it. I think I would. Well, Columbus do it. is a, certainly a whole hell of a lot I, different if, than. If a I was lot going to London, if I was going to London, I mean, if I was going to Brazilia, yeah. I, I, to be honest. Well, you're just trying to rack up miles because you're a miles whore. That is true. Maybe you that's know. part of it. Oh, I guarantee that's part of it. You like, you're no like, no way I'm going to make status this year, I'll dude. Never make status if, if I they don't. They cancel you know. my flights for the next <laughs> two months. There's no way I'm going to make status. And, but that's definitely – see, it's going to start hitting you now when you're thinking Ripple about effect. this. Ripple the, it's going to start really affecting you because like, you're going to be back in regular economy like me. Mm. And uh, People don't understand the impact this disease <laughs> has had on the world. John Morgan is sitting in all the economy. Of a sudden, all of a sudden, shit just got real for John Morgan. I, c- carry on, my friends. This event is fine. <laughs> we it's, need to have this going. It's all media but hype. When we were thinking about the uh, Columbus, when I started seeing the Ohio governor start to say things, I really started thinking about, like, man, is this smart? You know, even though knowing the, the, the event that's taking place the month after is much more one to be worried about. You know, and if I'm worried about being in an area with a lot of people, it's New York right. that I'm worried about. I'm not so much worried about Columbus. So, yeah, if it's a matter of getting on a plane – in in a couple of weeks ago to the Midwest, I'm not as worried about that. But you know, seeing how things progress and going to a city that is a global international city, city an international massive city, massive population, you densely populated. I mean, that's you, an issue. You can't ride even the public transportation. It's not like you're hopping on a bus or a train or a subway and not bumping or getting near somebody. Or touching something. Imagine, I mean, like, I know they they're, they're hoping they can get into these subway trains and clean things and do whatever, but those things are always busy. I mean, it's it's only going to get it's it's well, and now maybe I'm sounding paranoid. I'm like, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. But like they always say, you know, it, it can only get worse before it gets better. I mean, I think once we get, it's just it's just why can't we get a vaccine already? Why can't we start, you know, I, it just, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I don't know how long these things normally take. Well, that's been know. the big question on my mind is, okay, cool. Let's say we, we you know, we cancel events Yeah, everybody's like, everybody's like, this month, for some reason, Does that automatically make a it month like, is like what this, everybody's like, oh, we're going to take a month and, and we'll reassess it, I, you know. I, t- I tend to think the month is like, let's just put a stopgap on things to give us time yeah. to think, to at least to plan. slow slow the process That's down it. so we can let's, you know let's try to it. let's try to uh, let's try to slow the spread of the disease as best we can, but let's also try to uh, you know give ourselves time to think so we're not like we can't make a reaction right now. You know what I mean? We we, we, we don't know the full solution right now, so I tend to think that's what what the month is about. Not that necessarily everybody expects this thing to be gone in a month. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it seems like this sort of just weird that it just it's this date that everybody sort of picked, you know, 30 days, 30 days, and then we'll reassess it. You know, Um, I think that's great, you know, especially when people are like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to give it some time. But what happens when at 30 days the numbers of cases 
um, has skyrocketed. And what do we do then? Do we say, oh, we need two months? And I know at some point we have to just pick a, a number. But, man, you just really hope that the medical field, I mean, if there was enough money, you know, to pour towards these things, you know, it's it's funny, you know, you know, you hear about bailouts for organizations and companies and and things that are being affected by the market downturn. How about take some of that money and really pour it into medicine and research and and get get something sorted? I mean, I don't want to sound like, oh, you know, hell with you, government. You know, why do we not have a fix for this? Because it is a tough, crazy thing. But you just figure as the greatest country in the world, if we really poured all of our resources, we should, by golly, be able to get something figured out soon. And maybe this 30 days is is what it takes. But um, we've got to be smart about it and, 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 and address it the right way. And I don't know. I don't not want to go to events. But maybe as we talk more and more about it, I'm starting to re- get to the realization. It's like maybe the smart thing is just to say events, no, don't do these big ones and you know, if that means going to the Apex, I certainly hope they allow us to go there so we can cover it. I think there's ways that they could do it where our, you know, interaction, it's not like we really have a lot of chance to interact and get close to the fighters. And, you know, even we if we did interviews, scrum-style interviews, it's not like we're shaking hands with the people. We're not taking selfies. Some might take selfies with them. <sighs> you said it's like a shot. <laughs> but we're not taking selfies. But uh, it's, it's rough to think about it because when you were talking about that earlier, you know, you know, there is definitely a trickle-down effect if one event gets gets moved and, and gets canceled. And they're like, okay, well, we should probably just let's do this for this month. And if they, if nothing goes forward from that, okay, let's give it another 30 days. You start getting months and months of people not being able to work and uh, the loss of incomes, loss of wages for these fighters or, you know, us. We can only do so many damn interviews and us sitting in a studio uh, doing something before people are just like, Ugh, there's nothing new for me to look at. You know, why do I want to go to this site and, and do it? I'll have to start, I don't know, taking clothes off to get a new viewership <laughs> or, to, or to maintain viewership. It's it's scary to think about because, you, you know, it's it's just weird because for the longest point, it, it was, oh, this, this crazy thing that's just happening in China. You know, like, oh, man, that sucks what's going on in China. Oh, that sucks what's happening over there. Right. But now um, – I don't even hear about China anymore. Not that, you know, things aren't happening. They try to say things to stabilize. I'm like, how the hell is it stabilized if it's expanding? You know, if it's stabilized over there, give us what you're doing so that it can, you know. Well, I think it's, it's just it's, the media control. Well, I mean, if you look at the trickle down in our in our sport itself, I mean, I, for instance, you know, I was supposed to go out to Atlantic City next week to, to, to commentate a CFSC event. That event has been... Uh, well, delayed, I should say, um, and, and understandably so. I mean, Hasn't there's lockdowns. Yeah, it's been 151. It's not canceled, but I mean, come <laughs> on, it's not. I mean, what we'll, we'll see. But you know, I mean, you see the trickle down of what happens. You know, all those fighters that are that are planning, to, you know, ha- had been planning to make a paycheck on that to potentially, um, you know, put, potentially get their way into the UFC. I mean, this is life changing type stuff, yeah. you know, and. Is Obviously, this the catalyst making, that they need? They're not making much money in the meantime. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then now this could tra- be the catalyst that they that they actually unionize. If they're like, well, we don't have Ooh. events, we don't have events right now, and say they go a month, two months before the fighters are just like, we need to have guaranteed money, or don't even put us through this third month or or second month. I mean, like, if there's ever going to be something, if they start postponing and and holding off events, 
this has to be that moment where the fighters say this enough's enough. If they if they make it to where events aren't happening and fighters aren't getting paid and the UFC is like, well, there's no, we have no set time of when we can honestly say that you have a chance to fight again. This will have to be that point in history where the fighters are like, enough's enough. You need to give us guaranteed money. Sure is a hell of a, I mean, it's a hell of a, uh, at least discussion topic of like a worst case scenario. Like, hey, how yeah. do we make sure this never happens to us again? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's at least a... I mean, because it's one thing if you're like if you were having a theoretical discussion, right? Yeah. Of like, hey guys, why do we need to unionize? Well, what if there was a global pandemic and none yeah. of us could fight at all? And so, and, and, yeah. and people would sit there and be like, bro, come on, man, what are you what are you yeah. talking about? Like, you, you, you're imagine you take your tinfoil hat off, bro. Take your tinfoil hat off. But now you're seeing real stuff, man. This is affecting yeah. everybody from the top down, man. And at some point too, it's going to affect the UFC if they can't if they. They're going to start feeling uh, the pinch as well. If events start getting to the point where they can't have a gate, that's going to affect them. If it gets to the point even worse where they're going to have to postpone events and don't have an event, if you have a month where you don't have an event and they're not bringing in that money, they have all those – half the events help pay for the staff and the other stuff. You Absolutely. know, We know that they're getting all this, this yearly money, but a lot of that yearly money goes to pay off – Previous loans and the way that they've operated in the past, I'm sure some of that has changed, but in the past they operated a lot with these loans that they get. They take these huge amounts, and they used to siphon off a little bit. Dana take his little piece. The Fertitas take their little piece. And I'm sure it hasn't changed much with the way that Endeavor does their business as well. But they need this money that comes from these events to help keep the ball rolling. So if you get to a point where the events start happening, they're going to start hurting as well. And if a fighter, it's not going to take long. It's not going to take long at all. But then, and you take that, and then if you have fighters start to say, "No, I know you're hurting as well. F you, I'm not going to fight in this one because you haven't been taking care of us." They certainly have a little bit more leeway to put some more leverage on the UFC because then at that point the UFC needs them. Right now the UFC is like, "We're good. We got a little bit of a you know a little padding." We can we can make it off because they know that events just happened. But if it gets to the point and they start having to postpone and events aren't happening, I think it is absolutely the best time for fighters to say to start pulling back and to say, We must unionize. Because when else are you gonna have this? I mean, if you have to say most people said it's gonna take some earth shattering event for the UFC and for uh for the union to happen, this seems to me like this could be that moment. And I think it's just a matter of it's just going to take that first postponed or ca- canceled event, and you go a month, two months before the UFC is going to be like, I mean, where I at least think that fighters are going to have some leverage. Maybe it's crazy. Maybe maybe I'm nuts, but I would not be surprised if it starts getting to the point. Um, I hadn't thought about mark it. Mark my words. I hadn't thought about you it, know? dude. You're, I mean, and I'm sure, to be honest with you, I bet most fighters aren't thinking about it right now. I bet they're just thinking about where's that next paycheck. Where's that next come paycheck from? come I from? I saw uh, Rocco, our man, uh, Tony, the, the man former known as Tony Martin, said, you know, that I think most fighters would risk being exposed to the virus to get a paycheck because they live check to check. And well, think about us, too. Oh, it's like, oh, you know, well, if your job, if we had to go cover, you know, to do it, of course you're going to do it. Of course. Because, I mean,. We have you have to make a living, you know. So I feel for these fighters. I feel for anybody. I mean, like we've all done the paid. I mean, we're all still fucking paycheck to paycheck, right. regardless. If you have a little bit of padding, you need to have that thing. So I feel for these guys, and especially for these ones that you know for so long, you know, you know, the UFC wouldn't be anything without them. 
but you know that they they're not getting what they deserve uh and in terms of coverage and uh, and support from them um if there's ever a time you know hopefully it never gets that point hopefully everything gets cured and it gets back to the the ways it has and the ufc can keep cracking their whip and and taking advantage of all these fighters (laughs) (laughs) but if it does get worse uh i would think that this is that that this is that one moment uh in time where the youth the fighters have a chance to really collectively get together and decide what is best for themselves and if it starts affecting because some people might be like oh man i just fought i'm good i don't need to fight for three months but if stuff starts pushing that one month or say if there's a month where events or a couple events don't happen it's all gets pushed back because somebody maybe was, I was scheduled to, to fight in two months that got canceled. So they're going to be calling Sean Shelby. I'm like, I want first dibs. You know, you got to put me back in. If they start doing that, it's a trickle down. It's going to push everybody that was scheduled for four months. Oh, sorry. Now you're five months out. Oh, you that were five months out. Oh, sorry. Now you're six months before long. It's going to affect everybody. It's so, going to be really bad. Yeah. Because it'll back up really quick. It'll back up super, super quick. So I don't know. I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm Mr. Conspiracy Theory, uh, but this would be that moment. If it starts getting to that point, this, I would say to fighters, is this is your moment to get together and do that collective bargaining thing. Crazy, man. Well, uh, listen, this is certainly uh, probably the, the most we've ever discussed non-direct MMA stuff, although yeah. I think it's very and direct. it sucks because it's everywhere. You can't get away from it. And it's it's funny because like, I – Because we're not think, experts on this shit. Well, we're that's just- the thing is I, I we're definitely not experts, and I tend to think of what we do as – just fun like we're you know at the end of the day like i think what we do is for fans and let's just talk about the sport and and there's a lot of really great analysts out there and and people that do hard-hitting stuff and we do our best on mma junkie as well but this is kind of for fun right yeah but i i I can't i'll be honest man i can't sit here and pretend like this isn't all i'm thinking about right now because it is all i'm thinking about right now. and it's literally everywhere we look i can't look over at the tv without seeing some coronavirus my phone, we were saying earlier, I'm getting bombarded by every website I've ever went to or ever any business I've ever done. Here's how we're reacting Some, to the Here's how we're reacting yeah. to the coronavirus. You cannot get away from it. So I mean it's not like we want to have this episode be ninety percent about the coronavirus, but everything that resolves revolves around our business is it, being affected. It by would be it. disingenuous to to, yeah. to not pretend like it was that serious so uh well listen uh if it's the first time you listen hopefully uh you'll uh you'll give like us another chance. give us another chance to <laughs> have more fun this this doctor medicine talk sucks but it's <laughs> everywhere but if it's not your first time listening you like what you're hearing make sure you do us a favor and uh, make sure you're, you're uh, logged into itunes or it doesn't even exist anymore itunes yeah podcast subscribe yeah, whatever you whatever your favorite podcast Wh- you I, I use podcast addict there you go you can use that wherever you, you know. do just make sure you subscribe if you can rate us that helps us out if you can leave us some feedback that would be awesome or if you want to take your game to the next level, mm, do, do, do. boom! You step up to Patreon.com/slash/TheMMARoadShow. When you when you when you go over there, you get a little bonus content. I mean, you're gonna get this every week, and there is an there's RSS. You're, well, I don't know if there's gonna be that, right? But you <laughs> will get the content every week. There might someday be nudies. Cold coffee because we'll we'll send you nudies, all that you want. You get wonderful photographs. <laughs> Not all that you want, but everyone's. <laughs> you get wonderful photographs like I left today of uh, the CVS next to the palatial grounds here at the Cold Coffee uh, <laughs> Estate. 
uh, where they were uh, sold out of water, but plenty of beer remaining. So the frosty beverages were good. Uh, I've been dropping a couple little little video clips, a couple of highlights in there, things for you to check out. So, uh, and that's of course the exclusive home of the and a half episodes that you love so much. We're doing post-fight episodes, but we're doing them every single week that there's a major event, so we'll be bringing another and a half right back to you this week with both uh, Bellator and UFC in action, although both those shows taking place behind closed doors. It's crazy. And all you got to do to sign up there, you could just sign up for $3 a month. I mean, mm-hmm. that's nothing. That's the roadie level. And at that point, man, you get access to every single thing that uh, that you want all the content we produce is there now. If you want to step your game up a little bit, you can go to five dollars a month, and at that point, we're going to address any topics you bring up. You got questions? We're going to make sure we address them. At that point, you're 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 a producer of the show, and you mean something big to us. And if you got a, you got a, a question, just hit me up on Patreon.com/slash The MMA Roadshow. We'll make sure we address it on the show. Or if you want to go all out, mm. you can be a star. $10 a month. At that point, you're basically calling the shots. We're going to talk about any discussion <laughs> what topic do you, want? you want. We're going to get uh, questions asked to fighter. If, if you know we're somewhere in town and you want to ask somebody a question, we'll ask it. We'll record it for you. I'll shoot a little video for it and send it over your way. Now, if it's going to get me slapped, I'm not going to ask it. That's pretty much the only, <laughs> the only rule That's I have. That's the only caveat. But, uh, but we really appreciate it. We've just kind of uh, launched in earnest our, our, our Patreon account, and we really appreciate everybody that stuck with us uh, when we were, weren't doing much with it at all. Yeah. But now we're trying to get busy, man, and do a little something with it, and we uh, we certainly appreciate that everybody that's joined up as of late. Yeah, and I just want to say I, I, I appreciate you all, and if I duplicate these names, uh, sorry for those that heard before, but I just want to send a big shout-out and thank you for the ones that hopped on this month. Aaron, Brody, CJ, G. I remember – no, I said G last time, but G, <laughs> I, I like your name so much, I'm going to give it again. What's up, G? Josh Hernandez, nope. Nick Premiani. 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 Oh, man, I, 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 I feel for you, brother. One. I know. I, but I feel I feel bad because that sounds like an Italian name probably, mm. so he's probably got some people affected by this. But, Nick, we love you. Ricardo, thank you very much. Ricardo. Ricardo, much respect. Sean Pruitt. And then Stephen Carroll, thank you very much. Big shout out uh, to everybody. We really do appreciate that. Thank you. It does mean the world to us. And uh, we're trying to do good by you. So if you got feedback on how we're doing, definitely let us know. We've gotten some great ideas on things we can do, we can add, and all that. Let's get through this ridiculous crisis, and then we'll figure out what's going on through there. You know, it's fun. One of the things we were talking about earlier, uh, if you guys are uh, – I'm sure there's some artists out there. I'd love it if you guys are up to it. Uh, I'm sure there's some creative peeps. Uh, I'd love to get some like fan art of like some beers or like frosty beverages <laughs> and fighting or something. We didn't talk send about us that. Some, send us some like cool. <laughs> well, no, we didn't talk about this, but we. Uh, I, um, I've just got our. We our, definitely did not talk about. No, this, no, 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 no. But uh, we have a PO box, and I'll provide that uh, that info in the future. But I'd love to put some like artwork of like your guys' stuff. We can maybe pick like our favorite one for like the mm. month or something. If somebody put something together, okay. but like, what could we have them do? Like maybe if it's like fighter, like some people are really cool and good at like creating like fighter picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if we pick the, the, our favorite one that we think's the best, maybe the next time we're in front of one of the fighters, we can be like, yo, look at our cool ass listeners put together. Maybe we can get them to sign it or something. I like it. You got ideas. You think, you know, S- but we'll get something together. Coffee. He's got ideas. But yeah, you got some, you guys got some fan art or something like that. Send it, send it to cold coffee at the MMA Roadshow or something, and we'll pick some like cool ones or something so we could spotlight on the show and give you guys a little bit of love back or something. I dig it. I dig it. All right, speaking of our, our uh, star people, 
Lou Velvet is uh, coming strong. Already, uh, we're already big still fans got the of Lou coolest Velvet. Name. Still got the coolest name. He's got the coolest name. And he, he reached out and he said, listen, uh, the question I had is about Tony Ferguson and his comment on the mental health issue question that came out. Rodney Edgar, if you didn't see yeah. the question uh, during the press conference, um, decided to ask Tony Ferguson about you know his ongoing battles with, with mental health issues and that sort of thing and, and how they've come out. And uh, our man Lou Velvet said he's, he, he understands that he feels a little bit conflicted on this one. While I understand that not everyone who suffers from mental health issues wants to be at the forefront of bringing awareness to the topic, I also think that as a public figure of sorts, Tony handled it in the worst way possible. In my opinion, Tony and his team should have expected questions regarding what was a rather public situation and had come up with an answer he was comfortable with before tempting any public pressers. I don't think this was a good look and may have actually lost some fans. So as a reporter yourself, what is your take on all this? Was the reporter out of line? Was Tony's FU response out of line? Other sports provide PR assistance to their athletes, and I wonder if the UFC should consider the same to head off what could be a bad look for their fighters. Man, a lot to unpack here and a lot to discuss. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say Rodney Edgar absolutely did nothing wrong by asking the question. This is something that has been out there on the forefront uh, of the community for quite some time, man. Yeah. So I don't think he did anything wrong. Yeah, he certainly didn't blindside him with anything. Absolutely not. Every Everybody uh, had discussed this. It's been out there. Um, you know, heck, Tony Ferguson and I had had some conversations about it. I remember it. even Dana the last time, uh, you know, was like, should we let even – he has to be cleared by some people before we let him fight again. I That's mean, that right. was like an official statement from Dana. I mean, like, this is nothing new. You know? so, so he definitely did nothing wrong. Rodney Agger, and, and I know it bothered him. Uh, Rodney is, is, uh, is a friend. He lives here in Vegas. Um, he's a, a fellow Texan, so we, you know, we share some shared interests in sporting teams and that sort of thing. Uh, and he's a good dude. He's also a, a military veteran as well. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's done some things uh, for our country that uh, earned him some respect. I, I, I would say this, and again, I do not mean this as a criticism on Rodney at all because he was 100% in the right, but I'll say it uh, kind of like I did about um, the, the reporter that uh, tried to ask Connor about the sexual assault allegations in the middle of press conference. Those press conferences are not very conducive to getting real answers on real topics. Yeah. Um, now, the problem here, of course, when we talked about it with the Conor McGregor issue, we knew that Conor would be available in other situations throughout the week. Here, Tony Ferguson was not scheduled to do other media. He was not going to be available. So I, I didn't ask Rodney this, but that might have been one reason he felt, well, look, this is the only time I'm going to get to ask about it, so I might as well ask about it now. Um, those places are just not set up for, for, for good answers. I mean, the audio is a little tough to hear sometimes. The crowd is going to boo, as they did. I think Mark Raimondi got booed for asking about the coronavirus thing, which obviously less than a week later has become an incredibly big issue yeah. in the state of martial arts. And he got booed you know, to, to the point that he didn't even get to ask the question and never even received an answer to it. Um, so those places are not set up to get very good answers whatsoever about real topics and about real talk. So if you do ask real questions, don't be surprised when you get things like that now to some degree i will say i kind of understand tony's response right like this press conference setup is about selling the fight number one and number two kind of having a it's, it's kind of like your first interaction with your opponent now obviously they've had several interactions over the years but it's a continuation it's the first interaction for this fight week right so for me 
I certainly wouldn't want to justify what Tony Ferguson said. I don't think it was necess- I don't think it was necessary. I'll just say that. Right. it's a lot easier to just say, "Hey, you know what? No response. Next question or whatever." You don't really need to say "f you" to the guy on multiple occasions. Not necessary. But at the same time, I do understand that as Tony Ferguson, maybe that particular setup is not where I want to say, "You know what, man? You're right. It's a very it's an issue that's very near and dear to my heart." Now, you know what I mean? Like at yeah. that point, you're trying to like bravado and 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 sell and hype you know he's 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 the hitman that's coming to, you know what i mean so like yeah i kind of understand both people and, and and i don't think rodney was wrong uh i do think that you know he probably should have known that he probably wasn't getting a good answer but that doesn't mean he shouldn't ask the question um hell i asked a question i knew i probably wasn't gonna get an answer to with the whole connor thing and it i, I knew i wasn't gonna get much of an answer but that had been the storyline hey is connor the backup for this will he do it i knew i was gonna get a shit answer and, and, and dana actually took a chance to kind of shit on me a little bit right whatever i was prepared for it It doesn't bug me yeah um but dumb I, question, John Morgan. Yeah, exactly. I was like, ah, whatever, no big deal. It's it's not because you're the one that said he wants to jump in, but yeah. whatever. Um, but so, I guess I would just say that a, a, a lot of, not even blame, but it's just you have to understand. I always say there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. And those press conferences are not the time and place for the real answers. I will say to the last point, uh, where the where does the UFC offer PR assistance? They don't do as much as I think they should. I mean, like, we always talked about, like, Greg Hardy, right? Like, how smooth Greg Hardy is answering questions, right? It's clear that he was coached in college. It's clear that he was coached in the NFL. NFL. Yeah. Man, it's clear that – I do know because we know a lot of the PR people. I do know that they have discussions with fighters about topics like, hey, by the way – you should probably expect this to come up today. Yep. Hey, by the way, I mean, I've been involved in some of those before where, you know, I've had conversations later and, I, you know, somebody's blown up at me and the PR person would be like, I don't know why they blew up on you. Like I told them that, that you, you know, somebody was probably going to ask them that question. I'm not sure why they got so mad. So I do know that there's some of that, but I would say there is an opportunity, I think, for more of that to happen and for yep. them to get better at it. I agree. And I think, you know, jumping on that same side – even with doing the PR side, I think a lot of us realize that without having some sort of comprehensive plan healthcare-wise for these fighters, most of them are never seeing any sort of um, substance abuse slash mental health mm-hmm. help that they can do. I know our company does it. Right. If we have issues and if things are going on, I can reach out to a counselor. I can reach out to somebody and get help that I need. These fighters don't do that, and I think the UFC could do a hell of a lot better job providing that aspect for them. Um, you know, again, I think that's part of one of the things with this collective bargaining. If they can get that off the ground, that's probably one of the things that can go. Um, so, yes, I think the UFC could definitely do a better job in helping uh, coach or prepare these fighters for what's going on. But I also think we, we all like to say this, oh, well, the fighter and his team. Let's be real. Not every fighter has a team that we would think is like a proper team. You know, does John Jones have a team? Yes. Yeah, John Jones has, has a, a team. team. He has a woman that, you know, if you didn't know who she was, just watch that one presser when she <laughs> went up there and says, The crisis you guys, management you guys PR. Probably don't, you guys probably already know who I am. And we're all like, who is this I woman? You know, we, sorry, we don't know you. Most of these fighters don't really have teams. They have their cornermen. They have their buddies. They have their families in their corners. Most of them probably aren't really thinking about it because they're just dealing with the day-to-days that we all think about, you know. But if you did have the money to have these teams that it's their job to think about it, then, yeah, maybe that would help. But I can't just say, oh, 
you know, his team should have gave him this help. His team should have prepped him for it. Because when you think about it, Tony runs his trainings. Mm-hmm. Tony does most of the stuff when it comes to uh, manipulating his career and pushing things forward. So who is this team person that's going to be there to really sort of coach him? I just don't think that exists for most teams out there. You would think that you would hope a, a friend or a family member would say something. but Somebody that truly has their best interest. Somebody that truly has their best interest. But yep. a lot of times – that's hard that's hard to get because a lot of times family members also too don't want to stir the pot they also don't want to do whatever they just want their their son their friend their family member to to be happy and go forward and the last thing you want to bring up is some of the downing you know these downer issues you know they just want to deal with the day-to-day and uh you know i i do want to put a lot of that blame back on to uh you know just the way that the UFC treats some of these fighters, they could do a better job of preparing. I think, and I don't want to put this on just the PR staff because I think you're right. I've seen the PR guys go out of they the try. way to help. They, they try, try, you know. And if, but they've also got so a many. ton of athletes to yeah, worry about. Four hundred, roughly five hundred fighters on the roster. As you, say, as you said, you're with only a, with a six-person staff. You're only something. at the very top where you get like, hey, by the way, yeah, you so and so, you're on John Jones' duty this week. You are with him, yeah. start to finish, and that's through that everything. Person. So that's that, taking one resource yeah. staff out. That of only the, happens at the, the very, very right. top. You know, so he should have known. And plus, with I, I like Rodney a lot, but I think Rodney. But he has he did an interview uh, recently with Tony, and I think that's where they discussed a lot of these inform- uh, this this stuff. So maybe in that moment where they had this discussion and they broed out and you know they hugged afterwards and they reached a good point, that came from a point in Tony's mind where this was kind of like when we you go out and you're having drinks and somebody a, a fighter you might be talking that bro you, you're not like reporting right now it's like bro we're drinking drinks like shit just doesn't come out like we're just having conversations you know if some fighters might assume if you've had a talk with them before maybe they're like oh that was that point in time we were open we were having a moment we were talking about things don't bring it up when we're in front of thousands of people and catch me off guard and i think it could have been a moment where tony thought he was being caught off guard by a guy that um you know that he had a good moment with you know, maybe it just threw him off. Like, bro, why, why, why'd you bring that up right, right and now? That's why he you became know? so defensive, and that's why he became so defensive. You know, he maybe took it as like we had a moment that was just between us. We shared a moment that was for then, that was now. You know, this is now. Um, Again, that goes back to the time, place scenario, time, place thing. You know, I mean, and. Who hasn't liked to just, you know, when we've done interviews with fighters, remember when we were talking earlier this week, you said this, this, this. What are your thoughts now? You know, it's it's a little bit of, hey, guys, see, I got this interview with this guy before. You know, we talk, we're familiar, whatever. But you never know how a fighter is going to take that when you when you bring up something from another point in time. But there's nothing well, against that, like what you that's said. Interesting Rodney you say asked, that though, because so, sometimes I do that to take away from the defensiveness. You know what I mean? That might right. have been an interesting way to broach it. Hey, you and I have spoken before, and you said right. such and such. You know what I mean? Right. I, I use that tactic sometimes right. when I'm talking to people to go, like, hey, when I'm asking you this question, no, I'm not coming at you. Know that we've addressed right. this issue before, and I want you to elaborate on that. And that might right. have been a way for Rodney to, right. to talk you about do, it. You do a good job of that. You know, I think that's probably one of those things. I just – you know, I hate to put the blame on the fighter and his team. I think possibly it was just, you know, Tony, he gets kind of erratic sometimes. And, you know, you just catch him, whatever. There's sometimes, like, I feel like we'll have a 
an interview, a media scrum, and he seems very, very combative. But then we'll get him right after it, you know, in a one-on-one, and it's like, oh, wait, there's the fun Tony again. Well, he you know? puts it on for the camera. There's yeah. no question about that. He knows it, and that's why I say like the press conference maybe isn't the best. He's in like, hey, point. I'm in, I'm in this mode right now. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. I got my I'm sunglasses in, on. Don't yeah, mess with me. where's Chatman can't do his ass yeah. at? You know what I mean? That's the, <laughs> that that's, the, the that's the mode I'm in right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah, ho- hopefully Lou, that makes sense to you, man. I. I I don't think Rodney did anything wrong, but at the same time, well, I don't want to say Tony did nothing wrong because I don't think he needed to say F you. At the same time, like, these things are what they are, man. They're promotional things. You know what I mean? Yeah. In some ways, like, we're basically just there creating promotional content for the UFC. So, like, I Pretty I, much. I get it. You know what I mean? I, I don't necessarily look at those as a, as a great thing. By the way, I want to say real quick as we're talking – Nolan King reporting on our uh, internal chat that the UFC just sent out a coronavirus athlete guideline to the fighters, according to a couple sources that he's spoken to. So I guess they're at least uh, doing a little something behind the scenes. A couple things I, I did want to mention real quick. Uh, the open scoring, man. It seemed like that's when we thought we had something to debate about. That's when we thought we had a topic. That's when we thought we had something controversial as we were talking about open scoring in MMA. Uh, it did go out in, uh, in Invicta. Uh, last week, cold coffee. I, I mean, I know you're you're a busy man. You, you got your your health on the line, recovering from all that stuff. But uh, I know you're a big Invicta fan as well, and uh, I just wanted to kind of get your take on it because I, I'll be honest with you, I have come mm-hmm. out as as an opponent of open scoring. And I'm not, not opponent might be the wrong word. I have concerns. I have legitimate concerns. Sure. I think, and I voiced them. And in fact, uh, we wrote about it on on MMA Junkie. I, I put the post up on uh, Patreon.com/slash the MMA Roadshow as well. Um, I will say, though, I appreciate Invicta, and I appreciate the Kansas Commission trying. I mean, you know what? There's probably nothing wrong with controlled experiments here and there. And if, if you haven't watched it, you can go check out the replay. It was the Phoenix series. It's on USC Fight Pass. And basically what they did was they came up behind the corner in between each round, and they had like a little iPad. And the iPad device had this, the tallied scores, which I did like that because I will say this. Uh, it doesn't have names, so that's good. You don't know exactly what judge said what. You just see the scores, so that's good. I don't think you need to see the names right away. Yep. Um, the other thing I thought was good about it was um, I, I wasn't sure exactly how they display it. It was it was like a running score, so it's not like the, the corners had to keep track. You know what I mean? So it was 10-9, 10-9, 10-9, 2018, 2018, 2018, 30-27. So I thought that was good. Also good that uh, they have it basically with the uh, the fighters back to it, right? So if the fighter doesn't want to know, they don't have to see it. Yeah, it was like giving the discretion to the corners whether right. they wanted to share that so information. I, I thought there were a lot of pauses here. Now, yeah. funny because um, you know it's it's uh, it was a card that had mostly one round fights, um, so we didn't get to see a whole lot of it in action. But uh, I I don't know it, the the thing I'll stand as it the only kind of as a first experiment. There weren't any fights where, it, like, real like the the fights were pretty one sided. The ones that yeah. weren't one round fights were pretty one sided, right? So, to me, it wasn't necessarily the greatest control experiment, I guess, because it didn't really come into play that much. Like yeah. all the the questions and stuff. Um, but I will say this: uh, even as somebody who stands against it, I liked it. I just hope. I guess I'm telling everybody, please take it with a grain of salt. I don't think it was a great experiment. Um, I, I don't say that it wasn't a great experiment. It just didn't provide us all the data we need. So I just hope, yeah. love it or hate it, nobody is going out saying, yeah. uh, you know, 
this is the answer, or, yeah. oh my god, it was terrible, you know? Yeah, I definitely think it's a work in progress, and I think even for them, I think in, in any experiment or anything, you know, it's the it's the duplication, it's the repeating, and then see how it how it goes. Um, I thought it was interesting that they tried to do it, and I, but I'm looking forward to see how it goes moving forward, to see how it'll be implemented. It seems like it wasn't really used. I don't really recall anybody bringing it up or any corner really saying anything um you know but of course there might have been something i missed uh, but i like the idea that it was there it, it added another aspect to the fact where corner should they want to to do it um you know i think that could maybe pose a problem at some point if a corner is not giving the 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 info to a fighter that they need to hear because they're worried about hey where's what what does that screen say? You know, how best am I going to do it? You know, I just felt like it wasn't really implemented or wasn't really utilized while it was there. It was kind of this extra thing. But I think maybe going forward as uh, more fights happen, I think the teams will learn how to incorporate that into mm-hmm. their game plans right. and how the fight plays out. It just seems that it was so new that, you know, I can't use this first uh, instance as how I think it'll be going forward because I think it was just so new that uh, it wasn't utilized. It was just sort of, you know, and you need a fight to do it. You need a long fight where you're starting to see that strategy. You know, you need that two rounds for one and two rounds for another where a, a corner's like, you know, where they have some doubt in how the fight is playing out to where they could really use it. And then they could really give the, the, the knowledge or the tips to their fighter to how they really need to address the, the, the coming round. Um, but... You know, I'm I like the new wrinkles that kind of keep coming out. You know, they're they're introducing newer things that are coming. Eventually, with all these data stuff that's going into the sport, you know, they're recording how fast the the punches are being thrown, um, the impact, all this other stuff that eventually is going to start playing into how we yeah. perceive and how yeah. we how we take in these sports. So, uh, I'm all for the 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 furthering of the knowledge so that gives the the spectators a better understanding of what's happening so they could fully take it in. Um, as long as it doesn't get to the point to where it's affecting the fight. Um, you know, you don't want it there to be a delay because, Oh, you know, we were trying to get the, the, the scores, but in one corner, our iPad went out and the other yes. corner didn't go out. That's and then, and then something br- goes that's on. That's one thing you know? I didn't even bring up, man. The, the, the tech issues. Yeah, there what could if you be have some tech, tech issue there. My, that could happen. My thing is always, you know, been, but it, the tech is new right now. That's just their way. I mean, an iPad just sounds really sort of crazy and yeah. sort of like simple. It sounds like, if we put it on an event, we're like, how best can we do this? I'm like, just give me some poster board. We're just going to write in a giant number. Hey, but those monitors, you yeah, know. well, that's true. I mean, those monitors that they have cage side, those have gone down before. And yeah. I mean, that's, you know, a billion dollar operation production. Yeah. You know, it's a. Uh, Audio goes out. I mean, like, anything can happen. Whenever there techs involved, something could go wrong. Um, you know, but it, it's, it's brand new. I mean, I think as if it did become implemented more. Uh, you'd have many more brains and minds working towards the best way to put it out there, yeah. so that they would that come is up true. With They'd probably be able to come up with a better, a foolproof, better method. I mean, the way that they store, they put numbers up on the built the scoreboards. I mean, eventually it'll be something that everybody can see. I mean, you know, you have the wraparound scores that you know, even when you have wrestling mats going on uh, in wrestling matches, they have something that's able to sort of tally and give. Uh, scores that people in the stands can easily see. I mean, if that is something that they did want to do, I'm sure they could work better towards implementing it so whereas the fans 
will know what's going on. I mean, I think it's a great first step of uh, alerting the corners what's going on so they can tell the fighter what's going on. But I think the next step is to get it to where the spectators are fully yeah. there as well. And that wasn't really what was That's happening. That's interesting, too, because I, I do know – now, this is not one of my biggest gripes about it, but I know that uh, – that some people have said judge safety is one thing they're worried about, you know what I mean? Which not having the judge name would mean that judge safety would hopefully be better, but of course they could just randomly attack any judge. But I have heard saying that's why, uh, it's like Kevin Ioli, for instance, um, who's seen open scoring in practice and boxing, I know that's one of his things is saying, and, and we've talked about before, I mean, hey, in Mexico City, man, people, you know, threw everything at the decision. What if they threw things in between rounds, you know? Um, but, you know, that that is one concern, you know. Does the live audience need to see it? But I kind of I, I kind of feel like they should. But I mean, my, again, my biggest argument because I, I, on the broadcast they even saw, it was very clear, very very clear that Jimmy Smith is in favor of open scoring. Yeah. But his thing was like, oh, people say they'll coast, and I don't think fighters will coast. And you know what? That's probably fair feedback. What people to people will say because I've heard a lot of people say, well, if you're up two rounds to none, it's going to be boring because the other you know the fighter that's up 2-0 will coast in the third round, which. I'll, some might, but I bet the percentage is pretty small. And I've heard the counter argument of being, but the other guy is going to be pressing like hell. So you're not going to be able to coast when the other guy who knows he's down 0-2 sure. is pressing like hell. And so, make stalling a real thing. You know, if, if you're seeing somebody coast and they, they're not actively trying to throw strikes in a certain amount of point, get, make something. Get, get, get in there like Dan Mariglada. Just tell them the judges need to see something, <laughs> man. They need to give see them something, fellas. But, but I, I, I know your livelihood's <laughs> on the line here. Get in there and take a hit. My, my, I will say this, though. My argument against it doesn't have to do with that. My argument has to do, or at least one of my chief ones, especially with like fouls that happen in the third round. Like If you're up 2-0 in the third and you get kicked in the groin, why would you keep fighting? Like Why in the world would you keep fighting? Just say, I can't fight. You just won. You know what I mean? You guaranteed a, a win. So those are things that concern me is, like, how do people cheat the system? How yeah. do people cheat the system? You know, not about entertainment value and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, I will say – I so mean, I guess you I'm mean, against it, I'm, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad to see they tried it. I am glad to see they tried it because, yeah. hey, I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I'm just offering my concerns. It's like when me and my wife talk about making a decision, I don't say who's right or wrong. I just say – here are my concerns. What do you think? You know what I mean? I've learned to do that after 12 years of marriage. Uh, of course she's right, but here are my concerns. Here are my concerns. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. So I'm glad to see it in existence, and, and, and I'm, I'm happy it's happening. Even though I'm a, I am think I'm, I'm against yeah. it, I think at least, you know, like let's let's at least try things. Yeah, I could definitely see your point if somebody started gaming the system. But all, honestly, they could game the system now. But uh I think you would certainly get a lot of backlash from the fans, and maybe that would help correct things because the first time somebody games the system knowing that, hey, I'm down two rounds, but this guy accidentally kicked me and, and I can't move forward, yeah, you're going to get that pay, but you're going to catch a lot of backlash from the fans that are just going to honestly say, like, you, oh, saw sure. the, you saw the score and, and you went out like a punk, you know, um, and then maybe they would think twice again about doing it, and somebody else would think twice because they're like, last thing I want to do is – alienate my fan base by doing something uh ridiculous but you're right there are definitely pros and cons um it's just neat it's, it's just neat to see that there are still elements of the sport that are changing or have the possibility of changing uh to make the sport either more interesting or better for the fighters or uh, you know it is it is an, an it's neat that we're still at a sport that it feels like we've been around for a long time watching it but it still does have a, a few wrinkles that can kind of get worked out 
So it's kind of neat, you know. This isn't yeah. a sport that's been around, you know, hundreds of years where nothing's going to change. You know, there's nothing technology-wise that they're trying to implement, and they just like the game is what it is. Uh, so it's kind of neat that they're they're still looking and thinking about it, and it has a little room to change. But um, yeah, whatever. But I'm also a techie, so I like the implementation of of, of new technologies into uh, the sports and stuff that uh, that we watch. But yeah, I mean, embracing new technology and trying new things, yeah. like you said. Is, hell, I remember, dude, I'm so old. I remember, like, uh, a time when we thought it was novel that fighters were looking up at the screen to see the time. You could tell, yeah. you know, I remember the first time we started noticing yeah. that, like, holy shit, fighters are actually now taking a look to see. <laughs> now every it's like, fight. yeah, of course. Every fight they're looking. Crazy. All right, well, listen, we haven't uh, talked much about these two fight cards. I don't think we will very much. Uh, we, we normally don't spend too much talking about Friday night events, uh, which Bell tours this week, just because the, the podcast does release on Friday morning. But it is a good card. Patricio Pitbull against Pedro Carvalho in uh, the main event. It will be on the zone. Featherweight titles on the line. Grand Prix quarterfinal by, bout there as well. I should say Emmanuel Sanchez, Daniel Weichel as well. Uh, that is a quarterfinal bout. Uh, you know, Paul Daly's in there. Honey Marks against Matt Mitrione, who stepped in on short notice. Nick Newell's on the main card. Uh, Baby Slice is on this bad boy. Romero Cotton's on there. Um, I mean, they're doing a good job. We've, we've been saying it. Uh, Hobson Gracie Jr. is on there. I mean, uh, Leslie Smith is on there. You know what I mean? There's there's so much going on. There's a lot of people on this there card. Are, uh, the Bellator like really three fights on this card. <laughs> as always, Bellator does deserve credit. They they continue to uh, you know they continue to fill out their undercards. It used to be the main card, and then the prelims like really weren't for you, bro. They were local ticket sellers, and that's not the case anymore, man. They deserve some yeah. credit. This is uh just a good fight card, man. I mean, the, the main card is good, but the prelims have some some real meat on it as well. Yeah, this the main card's pretty awesome. No, it's great fights, man. I mean, they they're it's funny. There's not actually 40 fights. What is it? Like 13 it's fights. It's not that bad. They've they've done much worse, I <laughs> They've done really 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 bad in times. Uh, but no, this is this is an interesting uh fun card and I love this whole the whole featherweight tournament. Every event that we've covered and we've watched these fights, the fights have been absolutely fantastic. So the main and co-main uh, I don't see any reason why those aren't going to be absolute barn burners and fun fights. And then, you know, just going down that main main card, Paul Daly is always fun to watch him to go in there and fight. Um, Nick Newell constantly amazes me. Um, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, you can never doubt this kid and his heart and his effort. And uh, the fighters across from him certainly aren't giving him a pass by any means. So I, I love watching every every one of those fights that he's in there. Um, and Matt Mitrione and Honey Marks, I mean, that should be absolute fireworks. I don't want to, uh, you know, don't jinx, jinx it, it H- by any Honey means. Honey Marks might just lay and pray on him. Don't you do that? Yeah. Well, same with Matt because Matt in the time in the has gotten very uh, – he's gotten smarter in the way he approaches it. So he's, he's more reserved. He's not just rushing in there trying to – do that football mentality. I'm just going to bull forward and, and, and bully these guys. He's a lot smarter in the way that he goes and approaches his fights. Not to say that that means it's a, a slower, more chance that we're not going to see um, a big knockout, but I imagine that we're going to probably see a finish in that fight. So I'm looking forward to that one. But it's a good card, and I'm glad that Leslie Smith's getting in there. She's always a, a fun one to watch. She's another one that doesn't uh, shy away from taking punches or giving them. So that should be a lot of fun. And Good old baby slice getting in there, keeping the the fighting going forward for that family name, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And, and Tokov, that's a that's an interesting uh, 
fight there, and that's another sort of stud that I don't think we talk about or that we see enough, but I think that's definitely a kid that people are going to be paying attention to. No doubt. And uh, as we said, happening behind closed doors, um, uh, we do have Matt Erickson and Nolan King out there on site. My understanding at this time is that they will be able to attend. Um, everything is very fluid, of course. Uh, yeah. But the atmosphere uh, will be will be interesting, to say the least. I mean, to see how people react to it. I mean, you and I have been in some closed-door fights before, you know, with, with uh, the Ultimate Fighter, especially. Um, the, the Contender Series less so because you have the friends and family there, so there's still at least yeah. some cheering and stuff going on. But, man, some of those uh, – tough shows where there's literally nobody there to cheer where all you have is yeah. the corners i mean you can hear the the feet sliding across the canvas you can hear it's funny it's yeah. funny to me like you could you can hear one corner uh i mean sometimes the corners don't react with each other you know yeah. what i mean like he's looking for the takedown he's looking for the, no i'm not no i'm are you you know just yeah. stuff like that it's it's weird when you can they're hear they're literally you, like 15 20 feet up across from each other just yelling and what's going to be crazy too is they're going to hear the commentators the whole time they're going to hear everything that's being said because you're right i mean with no other sound in there you almost want to just as a promoter and as a show's going just to pump some noise <laughs> so there's some white noise so that you know it's not awkward because uh, it's going to be it's neat when you're there and we're watching like the contender series you get the the sense of oh it's a small setting you know it's just about these little fights here but that's five fights and uh, even there, you start to hear the crowd sort of right. in a in the, that closed environment sort of sneak into it a little bit. But to have a full arena where every little sound is going to echo, and then you're going to hear these uh, commentators who, of course, aren't you know they're going to want to uh, you know speak quieter because they're going to know right away that everything they say is just getting heard by everybody, and that's going to be the main sound that is. Uh, you know, going on at that time. And uh, it's just going to be interesting. It's just going to feel really weird. Uh, and, you know, it's funny when you see some of these fighters at times interact with the commentators after a fight or during whatever. Imagine if the, as they're fighting, they're over on the side of the commentators and the commentators are saying, oh, you know, Joe Schmo's having a real hard time with this takedown. He's just not doing a good job of blah, 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 with the fighter being right in front of him. Like, how distracting is, is that? It's gotta be. That's gonna be. Yeah. So. I mean, weird. or like, it's, it, like, well, you're not like. And listen, I've run into this a little bit because obviously the commentary that I do is not on a USC level yeah. where there's twenty thousand people cheering, but like, you're trying to be a good commentator and say what somebody needs to look for, whether it be the finish or the escape or the whatever, and yeah. you're like, are they listening to you? Like, yeah. are you kind of coaching them at this? And it's point? literally you- all they're going to hear that <laughs> night, unless unless it's uh, safe <laughs> safe scorning. Safe side, he'd be like, uh, you can easily hear him no problem, oh, yeah, absolutely. regardless wherever he's at. But uh, it should be interesting. It's just going to feel different. When you're watching on TV, you probably won't feel the difference because you're normally the the commentators' voices are are, are very loud mm-hmm. in the in the in the what you're hearing. But to, without hearing that peppered with some, um, you know, crowd cheers, you know, it's just going to be awkward. I mean. Of course, the walkouts and like, why even show the walkouts at that point? It'd just be an awkward. That is true, right? An like, awkward walk with off, like, music. You know, just cut to them. You know, maybe getting, you know, the Vaseline and the that stuff would be put weird. on. Like, are you like playing to the crowd? They're just and gonna stuff. be walking and, and showcasing every empty chair that they're going by. I mean, uh, it should be interesting. The USC show, meanwhile, in Brasilia. Uh, now, 
as of right now, and again, this thing is changing, so I don't know. I'm being told that media will not be allowed into this, but uh, again, we're waiting on announcements. This is all kind of rumbles hearsay. We're waiting on all this information. I'm told media might not be allowed to go in. Um, it's, it's, this is a good card. Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira, that's a big one uh, in the main event, man. Uh, Gilbert Burns versus Demaya stylistically I think could be phenomenal, man. I'm hoping that they get down and just – Throw some jujitsu down, man. I know Gilbert is probably the, the, the heavier striker, but do you? Come on, man. Get down and throw some jujitsu. But just a straight jujitsu match for you know. Oh, between those two. But yeah, true. Yes. But what if they just sort of stall each other out? Like one grabs an ankle, the other grabs an ankle, and then they sit there. That's not gonna happen for thirty-five That's seconds. Not gonna and then they're Demi just like, gonna be trying to get that half guard. Uh, no, no, no. It's not gonna happen. Uh, Krylov versus Walker could be nuts. Uh, anytime Francisco Schnaldo's in, that's meaningful. Uh, Formiga versus Brandon Moreno at flyweight. I mean, that's that means a lot. I'm say uh, that means something. It's kind of like a number one contender fight in a lot of ways. Uh, Alexi Kunchenko versus uh, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos is a commentator's nightmare, but stylistically, that should be a hell of a lot of fun. Hani Yaya, dude's been around forever just doing it. Yeah. Uh, I imagine Cole Coffey is looking very forward to Marina Moroz versus Myra Buena Silva, if I'm just guessing. If it's well, not Veronica Macedo versus Bea Malecki, I'm not sure. It's going to be the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the, you got to watch that fight. Yes, the the Rebus and Marcos fight is going to be pretty awesome. But we talked about the Macedo Malecki is also a good one. This this fight's pretty stacked in the terms of the got to watch it fight. <laughs> <laughs> Only the hard-hitting news. Only the hard-hitting news. Speaking of hard. Uh, all right. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Did you skip over uh, a couple at the top? Like You, you didn't mention the... The Moicano fight, I think you. Oh, did I skip right over Moicano? I think you skipped right over that. My, 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 into my the, brain the is Walker blown Krylo right now, fight. man. My brain. Oh, against Demir Hadjovic, yeah, man, that That's is a, a great good fight as well. Fight. Ooh, that is nasty, dude. You're right about that. Good for catch me there, man. Yeah. The Bosnian bomber coming out there against Hinato Moicano. That could be a. That's that could a killer be a fun nickname. One too. That's a good. That's one. a pretty cool nickname. That is a good one. Uh, all right, uh, listen. Um, I don't know what to do here. Uh, That's a really good card, though. It is. It's. When it's you actually look down I that, feel that, bad that we're not talking card. about it because it's really good for a, for a fight night card. It's super deep. It's super super deep. Yeah, and what's nice is I mean, it's it. This is one of those reasons why you want to get the ESPN Plus, and I don't mean to just you know promote ESPN Plus as hey, you want to sign up for it. This is one of those fights that a fight card that is actually going to be really good right from right from the start. I mean, you start. Bam Lecky, who if uh, what tough was that tough twenty eight, mm-hmm. um, was outstanding that season. But I mean, one uh, for for you pervs like me out there, that's that's a hot looking fight. Uh, but just going right down the line, man, this is uh, and I feel like we see it a lot, <laughs> but this really is actually a good card. Brazil used to have like I felt like eight or nine events just nonstop, and now that they're getting less and less events, sometimes some of the ones they got down there have not been so great, kind of stinkers, but. I feel like they do a good job every once in a while when they do have the one event that goes back down there in a while to really sort of stack it out. This is one of those cards. This, uh, even the main event, I mean, I wouldn't say that this is like a pay-per-view card, but that's the only because I think the main event could probably be ratcheted up a little bit if it was going to be a pay-per-view. But if you go down the line in the overall strength of this card, 
this is a pay-per-view type card to take place in Brazil. Yeah, without the bit, you need you need the you would need the big sexy title fight. You would need the super sexy title but fight. But after that, you're set, dude. Like you yeah. said, Lee and Oliveira as a co-main, Burns and Maya as a third feature fight. That would be it, the right? Johnny there. Walker you're coming right. in there. Yeah, that's absolutely. A, that's a hell of a fucking main card. Sorry, I and I'm trying to be better about cussing because I get blown out about it. It's a heck of a it's a hell of a main card. It really, really is. I think it is. It's just missing that one super sexy. Uh, yeah, main event. That's it. That this is a pay per view level. Card. So I feel bad that we ignored those. Uh, all right, uh, now we're in a unique situation because Dana White is actually going on Sports Center in just a moment to address everything. So let's. Uh, I don't even know how to do this. We can't really like play it while it's going on. So let's do this. Let's. Uh, oh, we've been talking for so long already. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and react to whatever the hell he says. <laughs> Hey everyone, UFC President Dana White here. We've been closely monitoring the situation with the coronavirus and its potential impact on the health and safety of UFC athletes, staff, and fans around the world. We're moving forward with all our UFC live events, but we're going to adapt to these unprecedented circumstances. Some of the events will be moved from their original host city to the UFC apex here in Las Vegas, and unfortunately, fans may not be allowed to attend the events. You know I hate this, but the decision has been made in the best interest of everyone involved with our events, including fans, athletes, staff, and media partners. The events are still going to be broadcast live on ESPN The Network and on ESPN Plus here in the United States and on media partners worldwide, including Kombache in Brazil and UFC Fight Pass. So, you can watch the fights wherever you are, on your TV, laptop, cell phone, anywhere. You know the drill. And fans who had tickets to the event can get a full refund at the point of purchase. This is a very tough situation that is constantly evolving. So we will keep you updated as best we can. We greatly appreciate your understanding and your continued support. Thank you guys very much. All right. Well, uh, we got to watch the little clip on SportsCenter that uh, USC President Dana White did simultaneously as that was happening. Uh, some USC officials hit us up behind the scenes and we got to... Uh, have that little audio there as well. That was a, a video, I think, from Dana White's social media um, that's, that, that went out as well. So, uh, man, kind of what we said, what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. For uh, for the record, I did reach out about UFC 249, and I was told that as of now, 249 is still happening in Brooklyn, but that everybody involved in this understands that Everything is fluid right now. Nothing is set in stone. Uh, so I guess fingers crossed, but don't hold your breath is kind of where I stand right now. I mean, I guess the show ends where the show started in that I I still don't know, I guess, completely how serious this is. I do understand that it is serious enough to impact the hell out of our sport and probably needs to uh, cause some concerns and considerations moving forward. Uh, I'll be honest, as I sit here right now, I don't imagine you and I ever board a, fight, a flight for Brooklyn, at least in April, uh, yeah. uh, which is a damn shame because uh, Habib and Tony at the Apex sounds kind of cool but would kind of like to have a full arena for it too. Uh, that's such a big fight, man. It would be so weird for it to happen at the Apex. Um, and, of course, hey, Habib 
has made it clear he doesn't really want to fight in Vegas if he doesn't have to. So that'd be another hurdle. Although I'm sure they could figure that all out. Uh, I nothing, don't know. Nothing that money can't fix. All right. So now that we know what's going on, will you have concerns going to the Apex? No. I don't think so. No, because it's such a small, small area where I think it's when you come in there, you know, it's easy enough to have some little hand sanitizers, but we don't really interact physically with a lot of people. I mean, I think. It's uh, true. It's a, it's a big space with not a lot of people. I bet not we'll a lot just, of people. We'll just all have to make sure we don't like sit next to each other and no fist bumps or none of that, right? You just yeah. kind of, hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, Good no, I'm you. not too worried about that at all uh, there because it's not like uh, there's going to be a, a ton of people. Uh, no, and it's a home it's a home game, so I'm, I'm actually kind of happy about that. Uh, but no, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, if we start getting massive, um, you know, accounts of something happening in Vegas and people are like, yeah, you should stay home if you can, then maybe I'd worry about it, but I don't anticipate that actually happening. Um, so we're going to be very, very busy here soon here in Vegas. And, uh, you know, uh, I just want to say that, uh, obviously with the strength of this podcast, Dana and his people somehow were paying attention to what we were saying <laughs> beforehand and decided to, they call up, call up Sports Center and be like, "Hey, you know, we just all of a sudden got this idea. It's been pro- it's been pointed out to us that we were lacking in our judgment. They didn't even wait for the episode to air. They're they're tapping into our tapings now. You know, that's how much control they have in Somewhere Vegas. Somewhere on the palatial grounds of the Casa de Cold <laughs> Coffee. They've been following me ever since I left the company. They've they've, they've tapped oh, me. Man. They've tapped me, but." Uh, just like that. That's crazy. That's how quickly and how crazy the sport moves and how uh, quickly things change. You know, it's funny. We were waiting, for, hoping that that would happen before it started. And then, of course, in the time of, of recording this uh, episode, news and things change. And there goes our – I mean, that sort of affects us. We had two different flights booked uh, for two upcoming events, and it looks like both of them will probably be back here in Vegas. Yep. Uh, which is – which is uh, which is crazy. It's good and bad. It's, it's good and bad because the Apex, as kind of neat when you think about, oh, it's going to be in this close little environment. It's very sterile sort of feeling as opposed to uh, these big arenas where the crowd going crazy, especially in New York, man. The press yeah. conferences in New York where the people are shouting, yeah. and taunting, and all that. They're, the music, so the music fun. that they pump for like the walkouts and other stuff, like. They don't. They don't have those big giant sound systems. That's right. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. I even mean, that feels different. Could be. It could be very, very interesting. But uh, uh, I don't know. Hell, that's even if they let us in. That's if they let us in. We don't even know that yet. Ah, man, listen. They might let us in. They might just be like, "Sorry, guys, you're just not going to interact with the fighters. We're not going to bring the fighters uh, for our post fights. But you can come cover it and write your stories. Uh, you know." But I don't know. I don't. I just don't see where that would change that because they could still bring the fighters out. It's not like we're physically contacting them. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to talk. How does how does that work? Hey, we'll stay away from yeah. you. We'll keep a healthy distance. You know, it's limited to a certain time. So they say, hey guys, uh, you know, we're gonna give you ten minutes max to to interact with these fighters, get your stuff, and and, and get out. So even after all this talking, I still don't know if we're overblown. I, I mean, I. I this is the way the world's going, so we yeah. have to accept, right? I mean, look, I don't want people to uh, – uh. Remember the uh, – well, I was going to say uh, – this is going to sound stupid. At first I was like, you're probably too young to remember when the the, the, the year 2000, everybody was worried about how Bro, the world – three years I know, that's why I was like, this is kind of <laughs> silly. But uh, for there are some young people out there that probably don't have to know. 
But remember how bad, and they thought that they literally thought the sky was going to fall. Planes oh yeah, planes the, y- gonna, y2K, the Y2K, Y2K, whatever. Like, oh, every, planes every, are going to fall out of the sky. You know, they grounded planes. They did all the stuff, and literally there were some serious issues that they needed to take place and take care of. But it was it was like the end of the world. Yep. And it didn't turn out to be all that bad. So maybe eventually it will get to the point where it isn't all that bad, but. It is life and death. People are having issues, so they, it's better, I think, to err on the side of caution. I think that's, and then I later on, right. let us laugh about how how serious we took it. But I think it'd be it'd be silly of us to not give it uh, some serious merit for the fact that people are actually dying. Leave this. it to Cole Coffee yeah. to be the man that comes up with the right <laughs> angle, man. I'm the one that's supposed to have all the knowledge. You but, do have the knowledge. But I joined. I'm only a part of this website so I can get your <laughs> point of view because you. You set it all up for me, man. You you make yeah. me understand. Every time I leave the Casa de Cold Coffee, I think, boy, I'm cold coffee, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that too. I think, boy, are these lanes moving? <laughs> Good thing my car's got that autopilot. Oh man, yeah. Why is my car beeping so much? <laughs> but I also think, thank you for your your. Uh, for your point of view, because I think that said it all. I and uh, it. apologize to everybody who uh, hopefully coronavirus discussion wasn't too. Uh, I'll just say boring. Hopefully, but I I, I don't know, man. I feel like I, I just <laughs> it don't know get how much worse if this is what the life is gonna be. I, yeah. I don't, oh yeah. Right. Let's this hope be, for let's hope for God, better. Please don't make us have. What to are sit we gonna talk about like if there's no weeks? events and they're just like, oh. hey, John. Well, we can't talk about coronavirus again. I'll, maybe I'll work on like a comedy routine. Oh my god! Even more so than this comedy I'm already spewing. But it's, we're not funny or cute, by the way. I know. Bite your tongue, sir. For uh, everybody else, I will thank Cole Coffee for his perspective, and I'll tell the rest <laughs> of you. Thanks for listening.